when we know what's happening, we have grace for it. So I'm going to be looking at the up, what God's doing in our own relationships with him upwards, the in, what he's doing in recovering an aspect of church, and the out, what God's doing with all of us, particularly people who don't yet know Jesus. So the up. Uh, Jemima, have you got the image of... We've been looking at this a bit at Hope, but at the very beginning of this, this period of lockdown, Esther had a really helpful picture about a cow and going to the source. And what we feel God is inviting us to do is learn how to milk the cow, metaphorically, of course, unless you're, you know, into that kind of thing. Uh, so, Jemima, <laughs> we found the cow image in the home. It's on the front of Bunny versus Monkey, Bonnie, and it's the floating cow. So that's your visual aid. For this. Black and white Frisian of the Devon variety. but Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, we've got another one as well. We've got another bovine image from Benj. A lesser spotted animal. What's that, Benj? Lesser spotted. It's a gar. A gar? A massive bull. Great, okay. About three metres long and two metres high. That, that is lesser, lesser spotted, definitely. Thanks, thanks guys. So the image of a cow. There are two ways we can access milk. We can go to the supermarket buy it in a milk bottle, all done for us, and come home and consume it. And essentially, most of us have been trained to consume milk in that way for a very long time. The other way to go is to go straight to the cow and milk a cow. If any of you have had any remote experience of doing that, it's messy. The milk is warm. It's not pasteurised. It doesn't taste nice and refrigerated. Everything about it is a bit more challenging, shall we say. But what we feel God wants us to do in this season in our own relationship with him is learn how to go straight to the source, learn how to connect with God very personally for ourselves. In a sense, learn how to milk the cow and get milk for ourselves. So I'm going to say a couple of practices which I think were highlighted to me on a a leader's call the other week, which I found particularly helpful, that I'd love us to engage in. We can do this anytime, anywhere. It doesn't take any time. It's a posture. And these two things will significantly boost our up, our relationship with God. The first one is thanksgiving, being thankful. If we've got stuck into a bit of a rut and we don't practice being thankful, a great thing to do is just sit down and thank God for a hundred things. I did that the other day. It actually takes five, ten minutes because as soon as you start breaking into thankfulness, you realise the abundance of goodness that's in life all around all the time. So I'd encourage every one of us to get into thankfulness. To the extent, I'm actually going to ask that we post between us 10 things we're thankful for at the moment while I carry on with this talk, and Chris is going to read them out. So how do I know thankfulness is a good thing? Jesus role-modelled it in a fascinating moment in the feeding, the miracle of feeding 5,000. Actually, 5,000 men, so probably a crowd of about 15,000 hungry people in a hot climate, desperate to hear Jesus, but actually getting really hungry. They've been following him and listening to his teachings for a while. All the food that's available is five loaves and two fish, a boy's lunch. This food is brought to Jesus. The first thing he does is he looks to heaven and he thanks God. So something is happening in the neurological wiring of Jesus. The way he sees things is he sees abundance, plenty, multiplication, promise, breakthrough, not lack what isn't there, what isn't possible. 
And that is the renewal of mindset he wants to give us all, and he gives up through thanksgiving. There's something about thanking God where we begin to see the world the way he sees it. And there's something about complaining or grumbling that we begin to lose vision. We begin to not see clearly, see the world as it really is, capable of breakthrough and multiplication and immense blessing. Anyway, Jesus receives this five loaves and two fed, looks up to heaven, thanks God, and lo and behold, it is multiplied and multiplied and multiplied so that the thousands are not only extremely well fed, but there are basketfuls left over. And I think he wants to invite us into that practice in our own life. It's a way to go straight to the source. It's a way to be deeply connected. It's simply to be thankful. Are there any thankful words? Anyone said what they're thankful for? Yeah, we've got Lucy, Autumn Colours. Lovely. Paul, Paul Brind, thankful for the freedom to live through lockdown in peace. Yes. Um, Helen, a home. Virginia, yeah. life. Yes. Esther, the breath in my lungs. Yeah. Justine, nature. Brilliant. Ruth, my boys. Yeah. Katie, our miracle baby, being Amen. in our home this lockdown. Amen. That's really good. We're going to have a couple more. That's really exciting. Any more? No, keep going. Two more, okay. I'm family, family fun, dressing up to watch TV. So Sarah. No, nice. And Camilla Douglas, my kids and grandkids. Yeah. Nice to have the generations online together. Yeah, Three generations. the Douglas Brind Kirsten, Biden wow. and Kamala. Yes, yeah. Carla, family, so friends, good. provision, answered prayer, understanding, breakthrough, and learning our health. You are, oh, we love hope. Joy, love grateful it. for people, intercessors, praying for Bristol for hope, family, friends. Yeah. Mum, Ross, shelter, addictions being broken. Amen. Yeah, I want to thank you, Lord, for the so power of addictions good. being broken. We see that in our church, don't we? Yeah, we wonderful, do. wonderful people who can testify to Jesus setting them free Amen. from addiction. Grateful for warmth, says Joy. Lucy says, my family. So good. So good, isn't it? When we start to have this mindset that we see what's in front of us, but we see it the way God sees it. Camilla Douglas, she's full of health. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you reworded that. <laughs> what did you say? What, what was it before? But I'm not senile yet. <laughs> Brilliant. It's so good. We, and, and once you tap into thankfulness as a posture, it actually overflows. You see the whole world. You see everyone you come in contact with. You see everything, the way everything is operating. You can see it with the eyes of what God is doing. And it is... Where I live, says Liz. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. And this, this just totally connects us with the source. That's one practice we can all do on our own, anytime, anywhere. The other one is speaking in using the gift of tongues. Now, the word tongues is a slightly... Oh, and then from faith as well. Moving house, beds, clothes, pets, house gardens, family Woo! friends. She's already done ten. Well done, Faith. Bethy Tricks, all of you guys. Aww. See you too, Bethy. So good. Sorry, Alice. Carry on. And your creativity, Bethy. Gosh, that makes the world a better place. Um, so the gift of tongues is a gift, a supernatural grace, a charisma of languages. This could be human, a human language we have not been taught intellectually. We just can receive supernaturally or more commonly it's an angelic tongue. And it's literally a way our spirit connects with the Holy Spirit and we can totally commune with God without even having to think. Flip, what do I say? What do I do? So what we're going to do now is we're going to have a minute. Most of us here will have received the gift of tongues or the gift of other languages. And we're going to, we're just, we're going to pray in tongues, in languages. Again, you can do this anytime, anywhere. You can do it in a crisis, in a meeting at school. You can do it driving in the car, walking, going for a run. And you can, you can do it at the same time as your mind is working. Or you can use it as a way to just relax your mind and bring calm and peace. It's an amazing gift. 
and we think this is a season where we can really grow in it as a way of getting to the source. For some of you will receive the gift. We're going to go for praying in it now for a minute and be hearing God. Others of you have never heard of this gift. What we will do is you can just receive it now. You can just ask. The Why don't you just explain what it is? So. I, I, it's, a, it's a gift that God gives by his spirit so we can connect with him. So we first saw it in Acts chapter 2, is it? Pentecost? Oh, sorry, I'm, go, I'm going to say I haven't got enough time to explain it. If you just want to go for it and receive, you can now. If you want to understand more, Chris and I are available to speak over the next week or two or whenever for, to us to go through the passages in scripture about what the gift of languages, supernatural languages or tongues is. But it is an incredible gift given to us to be able to commune with God without even having to work out what to say. So if we don't know what to say, sit down, get a coffee, speak in tongues. It will bring breakthrough, supernatural clarity, wisdom, healing. It is an incredible gift. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit now to come. He's already here, but it's about us being aware of his presence. And the Holy Spirit comes from within us like streams of living water. So we can connect our spirit with his spirit and it comes out in an angelic or a supernatural human language. And as we do that, we may just, we have peace. That's great. Or it may be that God speaks to us. So for a minute now, let's pray together. And for those who want to receive it, you can receive it. For those who want to ask more, we are absolutely available for you to ask more. So Holy Spirit, thank you that you give us this gift that we can literally use whenever we like. Walking, driving, in a crisis, at peace in our home, wherever we are. And it's a gift of being able to, we can go straight to the source without having to even think. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We receive this gift and we're going to pray in it now. As we pray, if you want to say anything to us as a community, we want to hear your voice. So as we pray now for a minute, if anyone has any senses of what they think God's doing, please post it. We hear God as a membership, as a community, as followers of Jesus forever. And this is for everyone. This is for everyone. If you're seeking to follow Jesus, this is for you too. Strembe chi è andata a matura, ma non è niente di tassaiumba. Italarama non cuamata cenda la barra in una massunzia la massaia. E la barra in un'iata cama moto la ramata dopo sia la barra non so e anda. Italarama che la barra moton ci amare tanto sia ma. Aremitalarama tutti ci amato sia ambara mucuamba ti cendia samba. E si minia ramataro mutosi mi chiedi andato sia ma. So during that time, if you had any senses, any words, any pictures, we'd love to hear it. It wasn't for that. It was for simply spirit-to-spirit connection. For those of you who would like to know more, as I say, please ask Chris and I any, anything we can explain or point you in the right direction. And, and we're in complete authority. We can start when we like and stop when we like. We're given that jurisdiction. It is a gift to serve us and, and to serve one another through, through that. The word charisma, gift, is, is grace. It, it, charisma in the Greek. So does anyone have any... 
Jesus has got a picture of fire. Great. Fantastic. I'm going to go on to the... We've done the up. The up is two ways we can connect with the source, straight to the cow, thanksgiving, and the gift of tongues. Anytime, anywhere, more of an attitude almost than a practice. The second one is the in, what it looks like to gather as church. Freddie, would you be able to come over and... and... Freddie's got a demonstration now. If anyone received the fortnightly thought, they saw... And quite unusual demonstration of this. We still can't find an eye patch in the house, so we've got the closest we can, and Freddie's going to demonstrate it now. So essentially, there are two types of church, which all and so many of you might know, some of you might not know. There's the, there's the gathered churches, the crowds where people come together. It's usually on a Sunday. It's, it's strongly developed in this nation and in the West because of our um, Christian kind of history it involves public preaching and corporate worship and coming together to hear God and connect with him together and it is powerful and it's good and it's in to use the analogy we're going to use it's a good strong eye that works however the other parallel definition of church in scripture is the smaller intimate meeting and Jesus did both he ministered in the crowds and he ministered he was very close more closely with a few people That, we feel, God is saying, is our weaker, lazy eye. So, we feel that through COVID lockdown, a patch has been put on our strong eye, our Sunday eye. And this isn't just us. Actually, this word came a few weeks ago to a church in the north who historically would be defined as a mega church, had a very big kind of Sunday presence, but felt for a long time that God had been moving them more to be balanced with the with what we call the gathered is Sunday, the scattered is in our own homes and communities. The centralised was strong, but the decentralised was weak. And they'd actually been moving so much towards that in their way of of connecting with God as a a strong thousand strong community that in March lockdown, their people were actually ready to understand how to meet God more closely and more locally locally in more intimate groups. We've talked about that in my talk called Ecclesia. Please look back at it. Jesus says very clearly, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. It only requires you to go on a walk with another believer, that's church, to have a Zoom conversation with your support bubble if you're living on your own and shielding, that's church. For a household, for a parent to tell their child a story of faith, that's church. And we need to recover this other eye, this eye, Anyone who knows what it's like to have an eye patched and another eye, it is challenging and painful and uncomfortable. We're not in any way saying this is easy. It is painful. Of course we want to use our strong eye all the time. But God is using COVID, the fact that we cannot meet in gathered expressions, to strengthen the weak eye. Essentially, he wants us to understand that when we're at home, when with our friend, that is church. Our homes are churches. Hope Community Church is not just one church, it's a gathering of 50 to 100 churches. And to get that mindset change, to be ready for what I'm going to talk about in a minute, the out. And this is hard. How does it feel, Freddie? You're doing... mm, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> He's done very well to symbolise that image of what God's doing. I'm now going to... Thanks, Freddie. That was really helpful. I'm now going to read a passage of scripture 
Every time you hear discipline in the Bible, I find it really helpful to think spiritual fitness and imagine the analogy, because that's used quite a lot in the New Testament teachings, in the Greco-Roman context of the New Testament. Physical fitness is an analogy for spiritual fitness. So this is from Hebrews 12. It's after the wonderful chapter of people of faith who saw transformation through their faith in Hebrews 11. Any got a few words. words. Do you want to share, yeah, share the words while I Yeah, so Yvonne had a picture of an old stone wall that was already broken down. Words of the lies of the enemy were on the stones and a sense of a sledgehammer being held ready nice. to smash down more of these stones. Nice. And a sense that that's on a personal level and a city and a world level. Amen, Yvonne. That's Thanks, good. Yvonne. And then Sarah, a few years ago at Hope, had a picture of a net across the city that each knot in the net is a person and that each person is joined to four others. Mm. Feels like it's a reflection of this. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you. It's really, really special when we're here as a community and we can savour those and meditate and pray into those senses and impressions from God. So this is how God wants to build us as community, as communities of followers of Jesus in the scattered, in the decentralised season that we're in. The book of Hebrews was actually written during a time of persecution of Christians. Is it God's will for people to persecute people? Of course not. Is it God's will that COVID's happening? Of course not. But what is brilliant about God is he reframes everything so that it's an opportunity for growth. He has a growth mindset and he has a growth mindset over us, which means every opportunity is an opportunity for us to grow, to become more whole, more healed, more restored, more like Jesus. So this is a chapter on God doing that with us And have that image of spiritual fitness in your mind. Have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his child? My child, don't make light of God's discipline. Don't lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves. He chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined, then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters. How much more will we surrender to the father of our spirits and live? Our human parents disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness, his nature, his character, his freedom, his peace and joy. Now, and this is the critical bit. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness, which is about being totally whole, healed, restored, mature, and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, make level paths to your feet, so that the people who follow you may not be disabled, but be healed. When I was at university, um, I, the, the number of colleges would row in eight boats and I signed up for a women's eight boat for my college. It was pretty informal, to be honest, so don't think anything about my levels of spiritual, physical fitness from what I'm going to say. However, in order to get fit enough to be able to row in this eight boat, we had to get we had to do things which were, let's face it, not very pleasant, especially when you're a student. For example, getting up at 6am and sprinting up hills. And I remember thinking at the time, wow, when I was getting up, this is horrendous. When I was sprinting up, this is horrendous. 
and when I was considering having to do it, this is horrendous. Although, to be fair, when you've got up, you're at the top of a hill and your endorphins kick in, or you're in a boat, 6.30am on the river, no one's there. That's pretty epic, although you've kind of collapsed by about 9am in the morning. But anyway, becoming physically fit is intense. There's, you can't get around it. You can jog for an hour and you, don't, you might burn some calories but you don't increase fitness. If you want to increase fitness, you've got to do sprints and you've got to do them probably up a hill regularly. That, though, does exponential work for increasing fitness. It just literally takes you from naught to whatever in whatever. You know, people talk about speed of cars. Anyway, so actually, although it was intense having to do it, when we were actually racing in that boat, knowing we were more fit than we would have been if we hadn't, I'm not saying I was like super fit, but it's definitely a level of physical fitness. It is an incredible feeling to be able to then row well as an eight and race and, and compete in what we're designed to do. And that is a brilliant analogy for this season for us in church. It is painful, it's frustrating, it's intense to have to learn how to connect with God in smaller communities, one-to-one, with our spouse, with our partner, with our children, with friends, walking with people. It is intense. We're weak in that area, nationally. And this word was for the nation. It wasn't, it wasn't just for us at home. It's for the whole nation. This is, it is, it is challenging, but what is incredible is when you hit that moment where you're like, I'm in church, I'm in church at home, I'm in church at home, I'm in church on Monday, I'm in church on Sunday, I'm in church Wednesday evening, I'm in church Sunday morning, because I'm in church when I talk and communicate with one person and we pray together, and I'm in church when I'm gathered with crowds, I'm in church in a summer festival with 10,000, I'm in church when it's me telling my child a faith story. When we get that, that strengthening of the other eye, and we both see clearly, we will be so, so strong, so liberated, and more importantly, as it says, we will have a harvest of righteousness, of maturity, of peace and joy. There'll be an integration to our lives where we're the same, like Jesus, yesterday, today and forever. There isn't any double-mindedness or behind closed doors or anything like that. There's full integration, full integrity. And that's what he wants to train us who call ourselves followers of Jesus. So that is the in. The up was the cow image. Go straight to the source. The in is the patch on the eye. He's patching the lazy eye so that... Sorry, he's patching our strong eye, which is our Sunday big gathered expressions of church, in order that the weaker eye, the more intimate, personal, close one, may be strengthened and strengthened and strengthened until we see clearly through both eyes. And final reflection on that, this is a really encouraging commentary on the Sunday gathered expression of church. It is saying, thanks Bench, it is saying that that is strong and God loves it to be strong and he wants it to be strong. Our building here is a hub, it's a resource, we have lots of vision and dream for it, we want to steward it so it goes for the next hundred years. There are things we can do in our building that we cannot and it would be inappropriate to do anywhere else, particularly in homes. We are not in any way undermining the Sunday expression of church. What we're saying is God is using COVID to put a patch on it to strengthen the lazy eye until we see clearly through both eyes. So that is our in, that's what he's doing. See spiritual fitness have a growth mindset and come out of it stronger and seeing more clearly finally the out and Benj has found a plant that he'd like to show you can you can you see the plant so what is we've got some very green fingered people in our families Benj is one of them incredible love of garden centres and all things growing. In fact, this morning you just grew some 
Lemons, didn't you? Yep. It's amazing. And yesterday he grew avocados. He was, the other day. So thanks, Benj. This is another plant that Benj has that he's bought. And this is the third thing, the out. Thanks, Benj. That's great. We were connecting with a couple who led a new wine for about 15 years, which is a, a, a festival and, and a number of, of community groups through the year, an organisation that helps steward what God's doing, particularly what God does through the Holy Spirit and they led this organisation, this national organisation for 15 years and people have been coming up to them going, how do you know what when, when God's working in the world when what we call revival, when we come back to life, we come into a deep relationship with God, when we're fully renewed, when people who don't maybe have faith or don't know God come to him and it just, it's just this time of real refreshing of humanity where we're all coming to God in droves and experiencing him because they've experienced probably about four waves in their life where they felt an incredible moves of God in, in and around them and the people they know. So people ask them, how do you know? What, did it, what is it? How do you know when it's coming? What for, to use the, the word which can sometimes be unhelpful, how do you know when revival's happening? And John and Anne Coles gave a really, really helpful image, and it's to do with a plant. Actually, he, they quote a parable that Jesus teaches, which is actually a wheat, a seed of wheat growing up to be a wheat. And I'm just going to read it now. It's, it's Mark 4. So we, couldn't, we didn't have any wheat growing in our house because we're not a Middle Eastern ancient agricultural society. However, we did have a cactus because we're not either a South American... Anyway, never mind. That analogy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Full short. But anyway, cactus was something lovely we have growing in our house. But this is a lovely little parable Jesus tells, uh, recorded in Mark 4, verse 26. The parable of the growing seed... He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And and what John and Anne Coles drew attention to was this phrase, all by itself. We know when there's a move of God because things happen all by themselves. So a farmer sows a seed, but we, our role is to get out there, to share God's goodness in works and wonders and words, and to harvest when that seed bears fruit in our lives. But God's work, all by itself, is to make the seed of God's goodness grow in someone's life. And that's how you know when we're on the brink of something. And that's that vision, keep this vision when you're struggling with the intensity of the patch, that God wants to grow us as followers of him to be mature in order to be present for the work he's now doing currently in the world. And Chris is going to talk afterwards in terms of the in about the national call to prayer and fasting that the Archbishops of Canterbury and York have called us to. For, for this month of lockdown after I've finished is a, a way that we can connect more in with the up, the source and the in with each other in this season. So what is God doing for those of us who don't yet know Jesus? He is working all by himself in their lives. And I'm going to tell a couple of stories now that I heard that they've come from communities in London 
during lockdown. So the first one is a woman of Muslim heritage who, in living in North London right now, was repeatedly seeing visions and dreams of Jesus in her home, in her room. He was revealing himself to her. Now, this is a common phenomena across the, the Middle East for some time. The fastest growing church in the world is actually in Iran at the moment. There are teenage girls, the majority of leadership are young women, and the, there is exponential multiplication and growth for a church that has no buildings, no ecclesiastical structure, no denominational strength. It is, it is absolutely exploding in Iran. So we know people during Ramadan who are seeking Allah, which is the same root word as El Elohim from the Semitic language, God, are encountering Isa, Jesus of the angel, the gospel during Ramadan. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people of Muslim heritage are discovering Isa, discovering Jesus, not only as a prophet, but as the son of God for themselves. And this is really exciting. It's happening in the Middle East in the midst of most intense challenges and persecution and opposition. But what's really encouraging about this story is this woman is experiencing this in this country now in North London. Anyway, she tells a friend, her friend isn't a Muslim or a Christian. She just says, this is what's happening to me. After a while of it happening a lot, she doesn't tell anyone in her house, tells this friend. The friend who isn't, hasn't any particular personal faith of her own says to her, oh, you're becoming a Christian. You need to be baptised, immersed in water to show your, your change of life. So she phones up, eventually gets connected with a local vicar who says, okay, Right, I can see this is really exciting. Would you like to join an Alpha course, which is a course where you explain, people learn about what, who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is and how to follow him. So she joins it and it is, who is Jesus? This is all online. Who is Jesus? And afterwards, at the end, uh, the vicar, who's a, a, the local church leader, contacts her and says, um, what did you think of this evening's talk? And she said... I know, it, she said, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was okay, because I've already met Jesus, I already know him, because he'd revealed himself to her all by himself in her room multiple times on her own. This is happening under our watch in this season. God is revealing himself sovereignly into people's lives. Our role is to be present, our role is to steward it, but he's the one who's doing it. And there was another story that, that I heard as well of a couple who lockdown happened. They are they're pregnant, with, they've got a toddler, they're at home, lockdown happens, they just get into Netflix series and they particularly get into some quite dark watching, watching some quite dark content until the point where they watch something and the, uh, the woman particularly experiences an evil presence has come into the room. An evil presence. She just knows that there's the something, they've shifted, the atmosphere's shifted into something where there's actually an evil presence in the room. She spontaneously cries out. She has no religious context or background or training or anything. She spontaneously calls out, I need a saviour and he must be Jesus. She just calls it out. They're in their room. They're watching something. So they turn that off. They start searching online for things of Christian content. Eventually, they contact a local church leader as well, a local vicar, and they not only come to faith themselves, but are beginning to share that newfound faith with their extended family. And again, this is happening right now in London. So we feel God is doing things in people's lives 
who, where people, he wants to connect with people, he wants to reveal his love and his goodness and kindness to people. And we, as the body of Christ, are being invited to step up and be ready for this by getting our own houses in order, building church in our home, in our communities, with our friends, on our walks, in the small places, as well as the big gatherings. So we're ready for what God is doing all by himself in people's lives. So the up, this is what we feel God's doing, getting us connected with the source, focus on two practices, thankfulness on everything, all the time, attitude of gratitude, a posture of gratefulness and thankfulness, and speaking in in tongues all the time, anywhere you like, and if you don't understand what that is, contact Chris or I and we can explain it to you. So firstly, the up, connect with the source directly. We're the priesthood of all believers, and this is our moment to step up and become that. Secondly, the patch over the eye. He is forging church in the small places, in homes, with friendships, in walks. And it is intense, but let's, let's go with this process. Let's surrender to him and trust at the right time we will be strong enough in our lazy eye for him to take off the catch. And our decentralised and centralised will be strong, our scattered and our gathered will be strong. And thirdly, all by itself, the seed of God's goodness is growing in people's lives. And we want to bless that, we want to honour that. Like the farmer, sleeping or waking, we want to be aware. And when the time comes, we are there to be able to say, I'll show you who God is. I'll show you this Jesus you've been seeing. I'll, I'll explain him to you. Yes, you can become his follower. So bless you to push in to the up, in and out in this season. Thanks, Alice. Great. So as we just come into land, um, love to mention. Uh, so, so I think after you know, as always, you can pray in whatever way it feels appropriate for you and for your setting in, in response to this. It may be that God's been speaking to you. I think sometimes with talks like this, there are real light bulb moments that that, that, that change us. At other times, it's like a it's like a shower. It's it's, it's refreshing and it's and it's being in, in, in the Word and so on is encouraging. So so. Um, Respond to what Alice has brought this morning in whatever way works for you in your context. Our goal is that we're all growing in our faith, isn't it, in our different settings. Uh, two, two things to mention for this week. One of them, we, Alice mentioned that the Archbishop of Canterbury, both of them, uh, and the Archbishop of York, have, have called the nation to prayer. And, and they wrote a letter saying um, the, the, the sort of primary role of the church during this time should be to pray. And their encouragement that is through lockdown, every, every day, they started already actually on bonfire night on the, on the 5th of November, but every evening at 6 o'clock to, uh, to pause and to pray for the nation uh, and the nations. So we're going to be doing that and uh, in, encourage you to as well. It's great to have this, have the you know, senior leaders of the church in the country calling us to that and we want to respond and say, say yes, we'll join with you as, as the church in this country praying at 6 o'clock every evening for, for the nation. And secondly, I would love to flag and highlight uh, Parenting for Faith, which is happening this Wednesday at 8 o'clock on Zoom. And uh, if you've seen our fortnightly emails, you'll have, you'll have seen that, that Hannah's posted the last one uh, in the comments of this live stream. And it's just a brilliant resource, Parenting for Faith. You know, part of that cow image that Alice talked about going, is, is, I think, for us as parents, learning how to connect with our children in, in, in the way of... Uh, church and the way of growing in our faith together and the Parenting for Faith course just, just offers some really good stuff to help us with that it's very empowering uh, you know I think it's moved me from feeling like I'm failing and I'm messing things up 
to actually to being encouraged and actually it's not as complicated as it often feels like uh, and uh, it's a, so it's a very encouraging time so I'd love you to join us on that uh, the details are, are there so I, th- I think that's it we're going we're gonna to come to close here and uh, we just want to say Lord Jesus thank you thank you that we can meet like this thank you that we can connect in this way uh, at this time and we just honour you and we, we turn our affection towards you and we, we give our lives to you and ask you to lead us and bless us this week Amen.